You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84, here with you, and we will be talking about the upcoming Memorial Tournament on the PGA Tour here this week. And uh, I will apparently trying to try to fight off this case of hiccups, which is the very first time I think I've ever had this on the air, but that's okay. We'll manage. Uh, plenty of golf to talk about. Recap of last week where we saw Jordan Spieth get uh, outrun on Sunday by Jason Kokrak. And you had other names like Ian Poulter up at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, it's uh, it's the veterans on the PGA Tour just getting it done here over the last few weeks. So uh, we've got a couple of veterans on the show, as always, with me as well. We'll bring in Mr. Notorious, Derek Farnsworth on one side. Noto, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. A little tilted. Um, I finally got the miracle run from Chris Kirk to make the cut. Uh, I never get those on Friday. And then uh, he basically goes DFL on the weekend. Sneds goes DFL on the weekend. Speed loses his lead. So, yeah, I was like 10x in after Friday with the 6-6 six of six in my main lineup. And then uh, didn't even cash by the end of the week. So, uh, not the best weekend for me, but uh, hopefully it was better for you guys. Sounds like a fun roller coaster. We'll bring in uh, Tambo on the other side. And, uh, better week than zero for you, Tambo? Oh yeah, definitely. Better slightly, but it was a it was not my best week. It wasn't a horrible week. I think overall it was all right. We had a few things happen there, but uh, you know the Whaley sixty two hundred dollars got through. We're going to be talking about him today, I'm sure. In the case of some of the other guys that people want to play down in that low end range, so that was something. But I was with Noto on Kirk. Harmon was just a smash play at eight thousand. I definitely won't forget that. That just you know was a, a wrong price. So uh, I was glad to see that one come through. But as far as the rest of it went, awesome to see you know Spieth back. And but the Sunday thing, I don't know if this is real or not, or people just forget it's that hard to win. But I saw some stuff posted about his Sunday rounds lagging, and sure enough, again, big old Jason Kokrak mowed him down and, and took down his second win. Took him, I think they said nine years to get his first. And now he's got a couple in the same season. So congrats to him. Canadian born, not really going by Canadian, but he's born in uh, Ontario. So take a little Canadian love there, but it was a great tournament. I loved it. And I'm excited to get to this week now. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun uh, stacked field this week for the Memorial uh, outside of your lineup. there, tanking on Sunday. Noto, any other uh, takeaways from the event last week? Uh, not really. I mean, it was kind of weird seeing Speed struggle so much on Sunday. Um, was talking about can't find his swing. 
Uh, and then he had so many opportunities to put some pressure on Kokrak there on the back nine, and he just couldn't hit a good shot, couldn't get it close. Even when you know Kokrak was in some bad spots, he just wasn't even chipping it, you know, anywhere close to the to the hole. So uh, that was interesting to see. Uh, and then on 18, you can't really fault him for that. He had to go for a birdie and uh, just hit a little hard and went to the water. But continues to play well. Um, it's good to see Speed back again. And, yeah, Hoffman's been awesome. Uh, interesting to see if that will keep up this week. And, of course, he usually struggles at. But um, we'll talk about that in a bit. No other major takeaways, though. Yeah, it was it was a pretty chalky week. I think the most the highest owned guy that missed the cut was like 9% owned. Uh, because Kirk made that run. Hoffman had a really good Friday. He was kind of uh, on the borderline after the first round, but uh, ended up playing really well. So there were no massive chalk plays that absolutely busted on Thursday or Friday. Of course, you know, guys like Kirk and, and Snedeker, as Noto mentioned, did not play well on the weekend, uh, but still, you know, we're able to get through the cut and get four rounds. So it was a pretty high six to six percentage, all of the things being equal. Um, with a shorter field and we've got that once again this week with 120 golfers in the field and uh, what's interesting about the memorial is this is a the Muirfield Village is a host course and hosted this event uh, hosted an event back-to-back weeks last year so you might remember the workday uh, charity open was one of the events that that was contested right after the COVID break um, last year and they played it at Muirfield Village uh, it was a replacement event I believe for the John Deere Classic uh, and then they hosted, they had the Memorial the, the following week at the same course, but they set it up like two different courses. It played really firm and fast for the Memorial and, and challenging like it usually does. Uh, and they set it up a little bit easier for uh, the workday. Well, now this year, we're essentially getting a third course. They completely renovated the course after last year's Memorial. Uh, they put in new green complexes. They changed some uh, contouring on the greens. They put in new tee boxes and fairways. Uh, and lengthen the course by about 150 yards. So significant changes to the layout here to where even though this is the third time we're seeing it basically in 12 months, uh, it might play like a completely different course than the two times we saw it last year. So uh, Noto, we usually send it to you for the course breakdown. So what do you make of all these changes here on this, uh, this layout? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. I don't think it's going to be like some major difference, but uh, it'll have a little bit of uh, some subtle changes. Like you mentioned, it was lengthened. Uh, they modified all the bunkers. They moved seven of the greens. Uh, they recontoured 12 of them. And then they, you know, pretty much redid the grass on all the tees, fairways and greens. Uh, Jack Nicholas wanted to get rid of the Poanua grass that was uh, kind of going into the greens there. So, um, yeah, it should be a fun test. Uh, historically, when we've seen new greens get put into place, they're a lot firmer than they would be uh, after a couple of years. Uh, and historically here, you have to have a really good around the green game. Um, and with the fairways a little bit uh, more narrow this time around, uh, it might be, you know, one of those weeks where greens are really tough to hit. Um, I listened to the Tour Junkies pod right before this, and uh, they were saying they talked to some of the caddies on, on the premises, and they uh, said it's even more of a ball striker's course than ever. Um, and that uh, chipping might be a little bit easier this year. So uh, maybe Corey Connors is just going to win this by, by 10 strokes. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, uh, four par fives, over 7,500 yards. And uh, yeah, you can't really have a weakness. Uh, it'll expose it. So Jack Nicholas wanted this to play tougher and be uh, even more of a test than usual. And uh, I think we're going to get it. Yeah, and that's saying something. I mean, uh, for the Memorial last year, it was certainly no pushover. Uh, the final round was very windy, um, as uh, Tambo was uh, mentioning before we came on the air. 
Uh, I'm sure he remembers this vividly, but uh, it was very windy in the final round. You saw a lot of uh, really high scores. I think the scoring average was about 75 and a half there in the final round. And the winning score was, you know, eight or nine under par. Um, so it, it played really challenging because of that wind on the final day, but the course, you know, always kind of plays around par a little bit over um, with the way they have it set up. So it's even more challenging this year. You're going to see one of the uh, more difficult courses we've had to make some birdies on uh, here since the, uh, you know, the, the schedule ramped up here for the spring and summer. So uh, Tambo, I, I know that uh, you're still uh, a little bitter about that uh, final day last week. So maybe this, uh, this year it'll, it'll make amends to you. Yeah. Last year, I definitely had some shots on Sunday. I actually thought I was shipping a bunch and then it just didn't happen. Cause guys like Fino shoot 78 after three rounds in the sixties and just having a great week. So uh, will, it was another one I can add to the list and amongst others, we'll just say that, but definitely always excited to get back to this one. Noto alluded to the changes. I believe the quote from Jack Nicholas was better, not harder. And that to me still says something because well, it may not be a little bit harder. I think about Jack Nicholas, such a you know, the, the type of guy that's just going to want it to be the best of the best. And I think the better alludes to the better players are going to be there because it is the true test of golf, like you said, cards. And so I'm excited to see. I don't think, I think it'll be subtle, like Noto said, but I think some of the stuff will still come through. And I heard some of the stuff too, like uh, you just talked about Noto there. And I, I don't know, I still think I'm looking for like elite scramblers. Like it's, it's always important at this course. And what this course kind of reminds me of everything I've saw with the changes and just thinking out loud and reading some other stuff. And it's going to allude to when we segue here to Rom and these guys at the top in a minute, but Rom not only won this tournament last year, but he also won Olympia fields. And that course needed a lot of scrambling. It was very challenging. The fact that he won them both was crazy in the same year. And people you know, looked at that as quite the achievement for a guy that often got talked about as not, you know, in some cases, people were saying he's not the best golf, you know, not one of the better golfers or best golfers in the world. So for me, uh, I am still going to take that into consideration. Anytime we've got a tough track in general, in any way, shape or form, I'm still going to get that scrambling in there. So we'll see how that happens with some of the picks as we go down through them. All right, let's go ahead and, uh, and dig in. We can certainly start doing that. We've got a loaded field this week. Lots of high-end golfers, a, a good majority of the top players in the, uh, on the tour are playing this week. So uh, Jordan Spieth keeping his uh, spot atop the throne as the most expensive golfer on the board. Uh, Rom right behind him. And then you get into the 10 Ks. We've got Bryson. We've got Rory. We've got Morikawa. We've got Justin Thomas. So your usual kind of six golfers above 10 K there on DraftKings. different mixes of current form. You know, we saw Rory struggle for a while uh, before breaking through a few weeks ago. Justin Thomas hasn't played uh, up to his usual standards the past few weeks. And of course you got Spieth uh, who's playing very well saved the the hiccup on Sunday there last week so uh, Tambo I'll stick to you uh, you mentioned you know it's uh, right before we came on the air it's where to go at the top that seems to be the more challenging aspect this week so uh, what's causing you some heartburn up there well, it's just a couple of things. When I first looked at it, you know, broke the slate out, uh, you know, Mike Campbell says in the chat, I think you guys are underselling how Owen Stanley will be. We'll, we'll get to that. And I think that does translate into what we're about to talk about here. And that's where the challenge is, is that I think this is where everybody wants to go. I just talked about the cream rising to the top, but JT is 10.2 K here. Like I could definitely start with him. I think Morikawa could win. He's 10.4 K like Bryson 
10.9. So just with Spieth and Rom at the top and the popularity of Rom makes sense. It's really hard to defend at any course. So there's that factor of it. And then the 11 K price tag, but I think a lot of people can get to Rom and Spieth here. No problem with plays like $6,100 Stanley, who we'll get to later. So uh, I do kind of like the guys at the bottom, Morikawa, JT. Uh, I like Bryson too. I, I just like the guys in the 10 K range a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm not, I just haven't really been chasing Spieth as much. I'm playing dabbles of him the last couple of weeks because he's certainly back and it makes sense, but we haven't really needed, or at least I haven't needed that roster construction until, you know, my, my few last week with him and Kokrak and whatnot. If you get them together, you're laughing, but uh, you know, other than that, not too much else. You're not big on Rory and uh, not big on Rom, especially because the guys around him and then the nine K range is stacked. So uh, I'm happy to go there. And especially if more people are going to go with Stanley lineups, I'll save my, re- my rant for when we get down to that. But yeah, that's my guys at the top cards. All right. Uh, yeah, I like Bryson. He's the only guy in this group that we've got at single digit ownership. If you want to, uh, you know, add some element of priority to distance with the, the length and uh, nature of the scorecard here is about 130, 140 yards um, added to the overall potential distance. Obviously, we'll change uh, depending on the tee boxes and pin, pin placements that they use each specific day. But uh, certainly doesn't hurt Bryson for a, a course to play a little bit longer. Uh, and, you know, the fact that uh, that he's going to be pretty low owned here. And obviously these things can change a little bit, but uh, certainly won't carry the ownership of a Ram or a Spieth. I like him in tournaments a good bit and uh, can certainly get behind Thomas again. Uh, you know, really kind of scratched and clawed his way to a better finish than probably he should have had last week uh, based on the way, particularly the way he started. So, um, Noto, your thoughts on the top uh, six here. Yeah, I agree on JT. Uh, Jack Nicholas designs his courses to be, you know, a second shot course. And, you know, he's one of the best iron players in the world. Feels a little too cheap. Uh, coming off of two mediocre finishes in a row. So uh, I like that he's going to be, you know, not the highest on guy up here. Love the Bryson call in tournaments. You know, a lot of people are going to see the miscut last year. And uh, this was the 10 cut moment where he hit uh, two straight out of bounds on the par five, just kept asking his caddy for a ball. Um, and then he was arguing with the rules official about it being on the other side of the fence. And he was three or four within uh, the cut line at that time with only a few holes to play. I think was he made this a the 10. 10. Was that the 10? Yeah. yeah. The 10. The 10 where he, and the GIF where he's counting all the strokes. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. So, yeah, I mean, he would have easily made the cut had he not, you know, qu- uh, doubled up the hole, the par. Um, and he has a win here. Uh, and if the fairways are going to be a little more narrow uh, and with it being longer, I mean, I think that certainly uh, benefits Bryson. Um, if this is a major type of track, then I think he's certainly interesting. So I like him. Uh, Rom's probably the safest of the bunch. It feels like he's been playing bad and he finishes top 10 every week, uh, whether it's backdoor or, you know, playing well out of the gate. Going to be underweight on speed. Just, yeah, uh, him not saying or him saying where he doesn't know where the club's going worries me a little bit. Even when he was the number one player in the world, he didn't have the best course history here. Rory, don't have a strong take on him. Uh, I do like Morikawa, though. This seems like a perfect golf course for him. And obviously he won here at the workday. Yeah, won at the workday in a pretty remarkable playoff. So that was uh, that was fun stuff last year. Um yeah, I guess I kind of agree. We're all on similar pages, I think, with these uh, these top golfers. So, uh, and Tambo, you had mentioned that the 9K range is loaded. Um, I know Noto's got a couple of plays tagged up in there. So, Noto, I'll keep it with you first here for the 9K range. Uh, looks like X and uh, and Finau, a couple of old favorites are the guys you like this week. Yeah, um, I certainly think uh, the 9K range is interesting. You know, Andrew in the chat mentioned, you know, starting with three of them. 
uh, could be an interesting approach. And I mean, you get a lot of, you know, high finish equity if you are doing that. Um, I think that's going to be what I do in my main lineup. Um, starting with Xander. Yeah, he loves bank greens. Um, you know, his best putting splits are on bent. Back-to-back top 15s here. And this is the course where he was plus six after day one. Made the cut on the number. Ended up top 15. Um, <laughs> I think Tambo either had him or uh, were tilting him real hard at this event last year. I can't remember which one it was. I was never, t- I was telling everyone in the world not to tilt him because he's one of the okay. best golfers in the world. And he, everyone told me he's done after day one, like always on Thursdays, which I can't stand. And I always talk about, it. but yeah, that was uh, the one. And I was like, he's not done. Like this course is extremely difficult. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And yeah. I think it was, what was it that he finished? No, no, that turn. I know it was a 78 on day one, but I think he finished like T10, T12. Yeah. T13, so, I think. So uh, there you go. Pre- yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> pretty amazing. Uh, he's been doing the rounds on uh, all the podcasts this week, too. Sounds pretty confident about his game heading into this week. So uh, I like that and uh, talk about taking Phil's money all the time, um, you know, during the, the break for COVID. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Tony Finau, uh, I just this seems like a perfect course for him. I mean, he's long off the tee. He's sneakily gotten very good around the greens um, over the last 24 rounds. He's first in this field around the green. Three top 13s here in the last five years and uh, similar to. Xander much better on bank grass than any other um, any other putting surface. So those are my favorites. I like going back to Cantlay. He gained 12.2 strokes ball striking at the PGA Championship. He has been pretty bad with the putter, but similar to those other two, much better on bent than on Bermuda. Um, and there's a lot of interesting names. You know, I think Hovland's going to be popular. He seems to just top 20 every single week. So that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, if you start Stanley and three 9K guys, um, it's, it's it looks real nice, but uh, I think that's going to be a popular build. Yeah, it'd be a very popular build. All right, Tambo, your thoughts on this range? Yeah, I really like the 9K range, to Noto's point. We're going to smash the X button. I do like Xander quite a bit. One thing I saw that stood out to me, I've heard a lot of correlation courses. So back to Bryson for a second, I've heard API with those par fives and needing to have the full complete game. And we've heard Torrey Pines and other courses that have been brought up throughout. And I'll think of more as we go along that have been mentioned, but the California narrative, like the Cali kids win here and we've got X and Cantlay there. Uh, Tiger has done extremely well here. Bryson has won here is from California. Cantlay's won here, California. Uh, You know, Ricky Fowler came runner up or I believe lost in a playoff to Duffner, California. We'll get to him later. But I'm just saying there's a lot that ties together with that. Some of the quotes you read, Bryson mentioned it, that a lot of the, the, the grass is what he's used to playing on. And so that kind of ties into it a little bit for me. People look for courses so often, the Amex and other Jack Nicklaus designs. We'll bring those narratives up. But I think it's the bottom line is true is that the California kids have done quite well here. And Xander and, and Cantlay definitely fit that mold. So I like them. Heard a lot of Hovland talk already. Uh, maybe the, you know, I know he's got a little bit better with this around the green game anyway, but maybe Noto, if, you know, what they're saying is right. He's definitely been a very good ball striker. He could show up here. Uh, there's, you know, a couple other plays in here. I don't know, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about. Reed, I was going to flip it back to cards for this one, but uh, Finau, I'm with you on. And then Connors, I know you joked about it, but just the, and maybe not full out, Joe, but I don't think he's going to win by 10 here, but he definitely could show up and be his week. People don't want to play him, especially with all these other guys around him. All all these guys fit. The only one I'm not really high on is Scheffler and Hovland. The ownership's like, I would just play JT and I have X who I love so much underneath that I don't dislike Hovland. I'll I'll find a way, I'm sure, but uh, way higher on the rest than Hovland and Scheffler. What are we doing with Reed this week, Cards? Talk to me. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody who's been giving me grief about getting him wrong, take that uh, last week. I got him right one week out of like the last 36. So you guys, uh, you know, we're we're on the right track now. So um, I, I don't know. I got to double down, I guess. He's just, he's too expensive for me. I, I can't play him at that salary. And <laughs> this course is going to play difficult and there's trouble. And I, I don't know, he just sprays it too much. And I don't, I don't love it. I know he can hero chip and, save par with the best of them and that's what makes him you know that that's what makes him valuable on courses like this uh i just feel like one of these weeks he's not going to make those 19 footers for par all weekend and um you know i I don't know i got him right last week so i probably got to stay away but uh maybe i just fade him forever and then whenever he misses a cut i know i got him so i'm in now i was already (laughs) most the way in the door but yeah like i talked about earlier like elite scrambling faster we didn't even you know the faster greens is quite a big deal here as well so uh and tough courses with reed tough fields tough courses this is just yeah talk me into it talk me in no you're already out we we, that's why we got you to go first (laughs) reed is a good play here i think Uh, i just like i said it's and i don't know right now what are we showing 12 percent I, I don't know how these things hold up over the week. It's, this is a really tough one, in my opinion. We do a great job with the ownership, but this is a tough one to predict, especially in this range when it's so loaded, to actually find out where people are going to go. Like, Noto, do you think Finau still holds around 20 by the end of the week? It's 18 right now. Uh, I mean, I just think everyone's going to pepper the range, and, you know, everyone loves Finau coming off of a couple of good finishes, um, especially Tita Green. He looked great uh, the last two weeks. So I think he'll be popular. Um but yeah, there's, I mean, there's a ton of good choices. So Hideki's a little bit interesting to me too. I read a thing today, uh, 2015 first round leader, 2018 first round leader, 2021, 40 to <laughs> one, go. go hit that bet. I bet it. I just, I love little things like that. And I thought it was, you know, something there, but with how popular Cantlay is going to be, and I'm sure X uh, is showing low right now, but I can't imagine X stays this low. That's why I'm saying this is a, a tough range to predict ownership wise. You'll have to make your selections there and then like it was mentioned in the chat three 9k guys might get used by some but then you got to pick the right ones but i mean you got to think a lot of people are going to be able to fit in rom bryson rory morikawa jt just all those guys above so i like it yeah i think that's uh, you know that's going to be a common build that's the way people build their cash game rosters and i think that uh, that totally makes sense uh, and you can mix and match with these guys in here too. I mean, in your even in your GPP builds, if you're higher on, you know, Reed or or Matsuyama or somebody that's not going to be super chalky, that's you know one way to make your lineup different a little bit, even when if you are starting with these 9K options. So, um, Noto, any follow ups on those? Any interest in Reed for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to read a little bit. I mean, to miss five footer uh, on 18, that's got to be frustrating for those that rostered him. I didn't have a ton of him last Super week, so I was okay with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind going back to him. I like Connors. Um, he's top 20, even though he's lost strokes on and around the greens in four straight. Uh, Scheffler, I don't know what to do with Scheffler, but uh, I guess he's in the straight nine Ks. But do you guys I mean, have I think interest there? Based on the way that he's played the last few weeks i'm surprised that scheffler's not just a little bit cheaper like if you put louis at 9k and scheffler at 8500 i i would have felt like they're both priced appropriately mm-hmm. uh scheffler's just 9k seems a little much for him right now i mean he's not not like he's been abysmal abysmal but he's been bad for a 9k player the last couple months yeah just play hoffman for 8300 it's you know yeah, yeah. Upside, you can put hoffman score, at 9K. It's, 
Yeah, like that could have been the case. So I'm I'm good with that for sure. I always think of you know certain ranges like that, and I don't. I think Scheffler's an incredible talent. I want to play him at a lot of tournaments. It's like when you've got those guys that are just above him that have just been on fire, then and really fit the course so well. It's just tough for me to go crazy with it. So uh, you know, I don't I don't see myself going there too often. All right, uh, Tambo, I'll throw the 8K range to you then, and this is where it does start to thin out a little bit, but. Uh, you've got somebody like Louis feels a little bit underpriced for the way he's playing and the ownership on Louis, we've got him at 14%, uh, which I think might be the highest we've ever seen Louis. People don't like playing him. Um, you got Hoffman, you know, at 8,300 who you just mentioned um, Neiman with the longest active made cut streak still on tour. Uh, you've got Cam Smith, you've got Fitzpatrick, you've got Sung Jay in here. So still pretty good names. Definitely not as much win equity as you get from that nine K range, but um, I do think that ownership kind of in this tier will be a little bit less than what you see at the nine K's because people will try to force in, you know, one or two of those nine K players that they like a lot. So, um, eight K's might go a little bit under owned. So how are you handling this group? Yeah. The Louis thing is definitely interesting because like you see, we don't see it, but I, at the same time, I will say this, I do feel like he's a little bit underpriced, especially with how well he's been playing. We like him at majors usually, but this is pretty close. Like this is a pretty loaded field. It's an extremely challenging track. It's not going to be, you know, a 25 underscore or something that we're, we don't want Louis at those types of events. And I actually think 14, even if it stays there, I actually think it could come down a little. I still think that might be a little lower under like just undervaluing him like if Finau was the name at 8500 he'd still be getting the same 17 if not more Louis showed up at those same majors and played well well and on top of that played better at a bunch of other events in between so I do like Louis at 8500 the guy I think and I'm loving seeing this 10 percent right now and hope it holds uh, I guess it's because Neiman is so popular right there and I get why he's a, a great play as well but I do like Matt Fitzpatrick uh, another guy that's been playing some good golf. We want him on tougher courses. He literally came third here last year uh, besides Henrik Norlander, who couldn't miss anything, you know, sort of Fitzpatrick was the same. And I believe that was the week he had bones on the bag and bones picked up a nice finish with him and then went to the playoff the next week with Justin Thomas or vice versa, whatever it was there. I can't remember the order they played, but you mentioned the, the aforementioned Morikawa JT playoff at the workday version here. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going back to Fitzpatrick, 8,700 bucks. Some may think it's high for a guy like him, but they just don't maybe see the talent as much. And, you know, around the greens, he's got the complete game. I think he sets up well. Hoffman's just been playing some incredible golf. Sungjae on Nicholas courses is almost like um, we have Siwoo Kim, who we'll get to later on Pete Dye tracks, you know, as a specialist. Sungjae on Nicholas courses is the thing. So I think that one's good. And then I'm really tempted uh, just to go back to Ricky here. Because, uh, and I mean like back, cause I haven't gone back yet for a long, long time. Even some of those prices we've seen, I might, might've tried to talk you guys into him one week here, but I haven't gone back to him. That PGA championship, man, back to what looked like his old swing. So it seems as though he's abandoning what wasn't working. Uh, and then this, again, you talk about the elite scrambling, the ability to putt on faster greens, get the putter back just a little bit. We've been waiting on it that, you know, he needed it some there at the PGA championship, the top 10. So I'll go back to some Ricky as well at 8,000 right there at the bottom. I think it looks like uh, Keegan's going to come in double that with all the stuff that goes with him and the course history and how well he's been playing. But I, I like Ricky a little bit at 8,000 there at the bottom. Man, this feels like the week the wheels fall off for Keegan. It just seems like that happens when he gets to be this massive chalk. Like I, I think the, the value is there to fade Keegan at 20%. I mean, anytime he's 20%, he's so volatile. 
I, I think this is the week. And I've, you know, I've been kind of neutral on Keegan throughout. I've played him some, I've faded him some, but um, you know, at 20%, I just, there's so many other strong plays, you know, loaded field. I, I can't get to Keegan as, as chalk. It just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Noda, your thoughts on uh, Keegan and the eight K's. I mean, on paper, everything kind of lines up for Keegan. He's been uh, really good. Seven straight top 30s, pretty good course history. Uh, he's actually gained strokes around the green, at least one stroke uh, in seven straight tournaments. So a guy that you think has no short games, actually been pretty good around the green. Uh, we have seen bad putters play pretty well here in the past. So uh, I don't love the ownership for sure, but I think he's a good play on paper. At least uh, moving up, Hoffman. Uh, the exact opposite. I mean, he's been awesome, but he has really bad course history. So uh, the old form versus course history debate that's always raging. Uh, we get to see it play out with Hoffman. I think I'll just trust the recent form and play him, uh, but he'll be popular too. I love the Louie call. Um, I'll go back to Cam Smith too. looks like nobody's going to be playing him. He's made 19 to 20 cuts. He's got a great short game. He's very creative um, and he doesn't have any great finishes here, but uh, maybe the new course uh, design will be more to his liking. Uh, I like the Fitz call from Tambo. This, uh, I play him every week, him and Harmon. Uh, they always come through for me, so I uh, got to go back to that well. And then my favorite play in the range is uh, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, longest active cut streak on tour. 16 straight events, gaining tee to green. Uh, he's actually a positive putter on bent grass. Um, his around the green is a little bit shaky, but I mean, right when he first came on the PGA Tour, he was in contention at this course, ended up finishing sixth. Uh, and I just play him anytime you get on bank rest. I think he's got safety upside um, and 8,800. So uh, that should help keep the ownership down a little bit. Yeah, I like him a lot too. I mean, uh, I've been playing him almost every week. And uh, the fact that he doesn't maybe have as many top tens as he probably should, given that, you know, given his profile, uh, is probably what's keeping him priced in this range. But he's still got like 12 top 30s. So uh, in those 17 straight made cuts this year. So I, I don't mind Neiman. Um, and I think this is an interesting range to, to maybe get away from the chalk a little bit. Um, you know, even Sung JM, if you want to go back to the well, he only missed the, he missed the cut on the number last week. Um, did make seven birdies in two rounds on a difficult course. So uh, I, I don't, you know, have a ton of conviction around it and wouldn't, wouldn't put him as a, a core option, even in GPPs by any means. But if you're multi-entering, I think a little bit of Sung Jay at four, five, six percent, uh, not necessarily a bad thing. So, uh, Tambo, any other follow ups for you for anybody above 8K there? I was just checking my Sung Jay stuff, but yeah, the Honda was the other one because obviously Jack, you know, the, the Jack Nicholas, but the eighth there in the win, and then the Amex, a tenth and a twelfth the last two times, uh, does at times have a good short game. It just depends on which one shows up. He's obviously got the irons when those are on. Same thing, depends on those show up. Uh, I do like Noto's call though on Cam Smith. I was going to talk about his playing partner from the Zurich when they got the win here shortly to your point cards. Cause we're going to segue to that range anyway, but with Keegan Bradley at 20%, uh, even if you don't like my back to the well on Fowler, there's guys below Woodland Leishman, Bubba Watson. There's a lot of guys there. And then the last point on the range, uh, just in general, I think no matter what people are doing at the top between then I'll look at this on the show tomorrow night with lineup HQ with the building lineups and going through it all. But if they're going stars and scrubs, they're likely to get out of the 8K range or just one. If, if they're going with the 9K range, whether it's two or three of them, it's not as likely to see many guys in this 8K range be able to be used within builds. And clearly we like a lot of these guys too. So I just think that's interesting to note when you're going through and doing some roster construction this week. 
Yeah, and uh, I will be on the Lineup HQ show with Tambo tomorrow night, so uh, be sure to check that out if you have a Roto-Grinders premium subscription. If you don't, uh, now would be as good a time as any to sign up. Uh, you have the option to pick specific sports within uh, your premium subscription at Roto-Grinders, so you could pick PGA, you know, other sports you're interested in, uh, or you could do a combo premium package, which uh, pretty much includes everything except for the the NASCAR package, which is separate. So uh, if you want to check that out, you can use the promo link found in the description of the video here. Uh, and our producer, Devin, will also drop it in chat. And that would uh, get you $10 off your first month uh, of combo or a single sport premium. It is also Devin's birthday. Happy birthday to Devin. I uh, was on the baseball show earlier and remembered it then. So uh, all the YouTubers out there watching this show live can wish Devin a happy birthday. Uh, and uh, and we appreciate him uh, working late on a Tuesday night on his birthday. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, be Tambo and I doing that video tomorrow night. Uh, I like Woodland. You just mentioned him there in that uh, 7,900 price tag there, Tambo. And, uh, I mean, when he's healthy, he's proven he can be one of the best ball strikers on tour, and he seems healthy again. You know, we, we don't have detailed injury reporting on the PGA Tour, but uh, his results would kind of bear that out. I mean, 5th, 38th, 14th, uh, last few starts. Uh, his game off the tee has looked better, which was kind of the biggest uh, struggle he was having when, when, you know, he was dealing with a couple of different injuries over the last couple of years. So uh, Noto, your thoughts on, uh, on Woodland there and the uh, high end of the seven case. Yeah. Make it three for three on Woodland. Uh, you mentioned, you know, him playing well here in the past. Uh, he's gained 12 and a half strokes on approach the last three events. seems like he's uh, turned the corner. Um, we've seen little flashes from him um, a lot recently. And then he'll miss a couple cuts in a row, but it seems like he's, you know, finding some consistency. So I really like the spot for Woodland. I like Leishman. Um, I'll let uh, Tampa talk about him since he uh, set that one up a minute ago with Cam Smith. I like Grio. Just really good course history. He's gained 20 strokes on approach in his last three events. He's gained with the putter in three straight. Uh, that's got to be a record for him. Um, so he's interesting. Uh, we talked about it being a ball strikers course, and this certainly kind of fits that mold. And then uh, I will always play some Cameron Tringali. Uh, just that one hole, the PJ Championship, you know, kind of ruins his recent form. But uh, other than that, he's been good. Bounced back with the T32 last week. He's got a couple top 25s here, even though they were uh, a long time ago. Um, he's at least uh, gotten some good finishes here. And for, <laughs> for the longest time, we've said uh, Tringali has bad course history, but he's just a different uh, golfer now than he was when he was playing on tour a few years ago. All right, Tambo, I'll swing it back to you. Uh, who you like in between that seventy-five and seventy-nine hundred dollar range? Yeah, I do like Leishman. Like Noto said, I'll bring one thing back up in a second. But yeah, with Leishman, just the uh, you know what I talk about all the time at events like this—a tough course, tough. To, he just won with Cam Smith. He has himself a good scrambling game. He can show up at any time, and the price is just a bit low for a guy that wins on tour. It's it's another guy that wins more than you would think if you just go back and look by the numbers. So I certainly think he's fine. One guy we forgot though, and that's if we're forgetting him, so are others. I know he shows up at 13%. I just got to jump us back for two seconds because another play I really like in the 8K range is right underneath Mr. Louis Tays, and that's Shane Lowry. Uh, didn't talk about him, but it made me, I don't know why I always associate him and Leishman together, a couple jolly old dudes out on the course, big fellas, but they, and they do well and they play extremely good golf, but uh, Lowry's really seems back himself. You know, we talk about where he squeezed between Louis Ustase and been playing some great golf. Hoffman definitely looks like he's on fire, but right there, just looking at that spot, Shane Lowry, the run coming in, you want to talk about good hands around the greens. Think about in wind. If we get that here, winning the open was no small feat. So, I mean, you need all of that stuff 
to have a good game and put it together here. So I, you know, I wanted to go back and re-mention that. I, I like Noto's call on Grillo. I think that's a fine play there. Tringali, I'm glad you got him tagged up. By the way, another Cali kid. Maybe he's not a kid anymore, but uh, definitely from California, Tringali. So he could be a guy that shows up and breaks out here. You never know. He's been playing much better golf this season than he ever has in his life. Max Homa, I think he's a fine play here. I know people are looking at, you know, Streelman for ownership, but Homa, almost nobody wants to play him. And if there, you know, is any link at all to some of the stuff that, you know, you see Homa's done in the past, I just think at that price, for a guy that won the Riviera, you know, things like that. The Genesis, sorry, I should say at Riviera. I think he's a, a little value just stuck in there that not many people will go to this week. And uh, not too much. I guess Henley can get a little bit of love. Who else you guys got? I got one more I'll go on to after, I think, and then I'll, I'll Man, go down from there. Noto and I were talking about Henley right before the show, and he's just been so bad. Um, and I don't know if it's just every time I roster him where it seems like he three putts from 18 feet or, I mean, that <laughs> the short game used to be his strength and it's just been so brutal lately and really nothing's been working for him. Like I, I want to play Henley at that price, but you know, we can just play buff Stewie sink at 7,500 or, or Grillo has been playing really well. Like um, Matt Wallace at 7,400, the way he's been playing that, that, that price is pretty cheap. So uh, I, I don't know. I want to click the button with Henley at low ownership, but he's been so bad. So the only thing on Henley, I'm glad you brought that up because I had to go look it back up. It was just somewhere up there, but I couldn't remember it was that the places that he's gaining the most strokes and just crushing are, are at like the Honda, you know, the work day that was here, but going back the Honda again, last year, like courses that lined up is basically what the numbers showed. If you went back and look at the stats, the places where he's showing up the most are courses that are, you know, have similar type setups and that's where his approach game has been on so if we can get that here again risky play but what's he, he coming with here like i didn't even look at his ownership it's it like be, three yeah, yeah it's it extremely nothing. low on 4.6 we've got a main for right now i just think it's a, a bit of a value play that you're going to take your chances with and you know if you look back even here the seventh was at the work day but 29 and 33rd the couple times before that make you a cut and then give you some upside over the weekend i think he definitely has that upside you can play other guys there though like there's lucas glover Brendan Todd, Gim is going to stay popular, I'm assuming. Matt Jones makes a lot of sense and has some great around the green game and has been on with everything else, 14th, 41st, 20th, including everything that's gone on here. So uh, he was the other guy I was going to bring up. But then somebody asked in the chat, any love for Gooch? Where, where, what type of courses does Gooch have success on? Noto, any, any Gooch love here? Uh, yeah, I don't mind him. I don't think he has really a strong fit. I mean, he's pretty good off the tee, pretty good with his irons, um, can get hot with the putter. I don't think, at least as of this point, I don't really have like a bucket that I put him into in terms of what type of course I want to play him at. So I like the goose call. Um, I will be on Henley, the Nicholas narrative, um, the second shot narrative. Uh, the course history looks pretty good. I like going back to Charles Schwartzel. Uh, missed the cut of the PGA, but it was pretty much all the putter uh, before that. I mean, he was on fire. So He's got a bunch of high finishes at this event. Um, you know, he struggled here the last two times, but before that, uh, I think he's got four top 20s and eight starts. So I like going back to him. Uh, if you want to play another old guy, Matt Kuchar, seven of eight here with the win and two top fives. Uh, Matt Wallace is a guy I wanted to ride up this week, but 15% ownership for him feels like a lot. So I'm hoping that comes down throughout the week. Uh, he did finish T4 here last year, and that's pretty much it for me. I don't love this range uh, that much. Yeah, it is a bit of a struggle. Um, you know, there's you know some decent options under 7K this week that you know some people will go to. So 
Uh, and we'll do our guest the golfer game in a second, and we can probably tee that up now and let people start giving some guesses. Our favorite lower own golfer under 7K on DraftKings, heck, under 6,500 this week. There, we'll make it a little bit easier to guess. Under 6,500 or under on DraftKings, it's not Kyle Stanley. Don't guess Kyle Stanley. No free week of Roto Grinders <laughs> Premium for guessing Kyle Stanley, uh, because right now our ownership and we can work our way up to 6Ks. Our ownership on Kyle Stanley is 8%. I will double down on that being significantly higher than 8%. Uh, probably going to send a message to our uh, ownership folks and Trey after the uh, show here and say we probably need to bump that up. Uh, Stanley will almost assuredly be in the double digits this week. Um, you know, I know some of it's our DFS bubble and, and you know, the sharper players are going to be on him. But at 6,100 coming off a top 10 with the fact that he's – somewhat of a well-known name everyone's going to be on kyle stanley so kyle stanley is your chalk at 6100 uh outside of our other uh guest the golfer representative here uh tambo who are you liking that uh, under that 7k mark this week i'll go there one second just last thing on gooch i just was looking it up too while we had it here but 14th last week which we all know had some really solid tee to green and approach numbers uh, before that, though, like tougher courses where we've seen it, like the PGA, he was 44th with really solid around the green game. The Honda, 46. These aren't, you know, mind-blowing numbers, but 5th at the Players, 12th at the Genesis, and then 21st at the Amex. They all line up. So uh, I've seen some narratives based around that. And I usually like him at courses where it takes scoring. But there's guys that just play better that, you know, get on a run. If you look what Noto's point he just made on Charles Schwartzel, missed, couldn't even make the cut at the workday here last year. Missed the cut the previous two times at the Memorial, but has some great finishes before that. And it's more about what have you done for me lately? Third, 14th, 21st, 20 and second beyond the missed cut. So I think that still matters the type of golfer you are right now. So don't mind some gooch uh, going down on my list here. I've got a couple that stand out. So uh, Joel Damon, I like going back to him 6,900 up and down lately, but just a guy that I think can fight through it and still put up a good number. Alex Norn is kind of interesting. Again, you talk about a tougher track, you know, tougher field. That's where we normally see him show up. I definitely have heard some Torrey Pines references back to using like Rom and guys like that that compare. Uh, he probably should have won that if it wasn't for JB Holmes. And it does tie into uh, another guy we skipped, Noto. And I just saw you say it doesn't take much for you to play some Jason Day, the hometown narrative, which I'll bring up for something later when we get in the lower end of this range. But I, I could go back to some Norrin here, and I like Day, the call in the chat. Lanto Griffin's under 7K, absolute must play. Go back to that. Adam Hadwin, little Canadian love showing up lately, is on my list. What are we doing, Noto? I'll stop. I'm going to keep talking here. But Patrick Rogers, what, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, definitely. In. Uh, this is like one of three courses where you can play him, uh, Long Bankgrass or, or Poana. So I'll be in <laughs> on him. Uh, a couple yeah. of top 20s here in his last two starts. Uh, he'll probably be, you know, one to 2% owned. So I'll go there. Um, I like the Lonto call uh, top 35 is in seven of his last 10. So even though his very recent form hasn't been great, um, you zoom out a little bit, it's been pretty good. I like Luke list. Um, he's gained strokes off the tee on approach and around the green in each of his last three events. Uh, he's gained strokes tee green in seven straight top 10 here last year. So he's a guy that I like anytime uh, you get on a harder course, he seems to play well. Um, and then the only other guys in my player pool right now, Kyle Stanley, it just feels too cheap. I mean, he's 100 to 1 in most sports books, and everyone else around him is like 400, 300. I mean, it's not even close. So uh, I will be on Stanley. I want to hear Tambo's rant, but uh, I, I faded <laughs> Whaley last week. Think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I faded Whaley last week, and it didn't I work. Did too. 
and uh, I don't want to do that again. I, I can just tell you, this was my rant. I did give it to you guys a little bit pre-show, but now we're on live, so we'll go with it. It's just, first off, Knox is right there at the same price. But I'll tell you this, and I was a big proponent. I, I loved Whaley last week. I thought the price was great. I said, pick up your free top 30 and whatever. But I also review all the winning lineups. So we didn't get the chance to do it yesterday. We had a few glitches there. I apologize with results DB for those that are watching this and wanted to see that show. I do it every week. Uh, it didn't quite work out this week, but just, I still reviewed it myself once it got fixed and went back and looked and Whaley was in those lineups near the top, but not, not really many of the winners had Whaley in it because even at 6,200, he came through in the clutch. He got you the T21, but he put you on either roster constructions that didn't end up working out. And again, this is a term where the cream can rise to the top, but if you're just going to plug him and then you still need to get your other five, right. It doesn't mean it's going to work with a guy like Stanley. And, and then you uh, remember, you still need Stanley to show up just because he has the last few weeks. Doesn't mean he will, but all my point is, is that it doesn't mean he's going to be in the winning lineup either. So you can build some really nice lineups here where you just stop in the seven K range and still have plenty of upside. And think about on Sunday, when you're grinding out that final round, do you want, you know, Kyle Stanley with the, you know, the, the pressure on the line, or do you want some of these other guys? We'll have to wait and see that's to be determined, but I will just say that I still like Knox there um, just as a fine play to go with. And I still don't even think you need either of them in your roster construction for those that are asking about it. Yeah. So uh, Brian, our winner in the chat with Knox, uh, Brian with the Celtics logo, free week of Roto Grinders premium for you. If you're not already yeah. a subscriber, uh, Devin will uh, will hook you up with that. And uh, well, and just wait. The, the winner wasn't Knox, though, right? We have a different guy that we're going to talk about. No, Knox Tambo. Uh, oh Tambo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tambo, <laughs> uh, you know what? You know, Tambo, you just... can feel free to just talk about your guy anytime. <laughs> okay, thank you. So this is why I'm so I'm, I apologize to everyone. You guys know I love to talk, but this is my thing. I was holding off this like beautiful thing I had ready to tell everybody because I'm waiting for the winner to be picked. And then I forgot that we did decide it was Knox because these guys don't necessarily love my guy, but my guy is Bo Hogue at 6,300. And I put in my notes, don't forget about Bo, Ohio 2006 player of the year. Grandfather was good friends with Jack Nicholas, was literally mentored by Jack growing up, has great memories here. T62 here at the Memorial last year. And of note, he finished top 26 or better at the Amex, which is the Nicholas design. And also the farmers and API, he's done well there. And both of those get some correlation comparisons. So you want the guy down here, $6,300 Bo Hogue. And I was holding back because I thought he was the winner of the contest. I apologize. <laughs> oh, and Devin's hooking up two people that uh, talked about Knox there in the chat. So look at that. Devin's giving out presents on nice. his own birthday. He's giving out presents to other people. So um <laughs> Let's see. Somebody, uh, so, somebody brought it up. Uh, what happened to How Tong Lee? Seven straight missed cuts, and I mentioned him right before the show. Look, How Tong Lee's in the field this week. Uh, nobody, you know, he hasn't done much uh, really at all over the last couple of years, but uh, he's still around for these uh, types of events that he qualifies. I, for. I think he wore out his body on that uh, range session. What was it? The PGA Championship? Like, like the, not oh, yeah. this one, the one before when he went on the range and he was literally on there for like eight hours. And then since then, I don't think he's ever done a thing. So that might be what it is. All right. Uh, Noto, your thoughts on the uh, value options this week. And I'm with you. After fading Whaley, I can't, I can't fade Stanley. Tambo makes the obvious case for why you'd want to do it. And that's how I would normally play it. But uh, I don't want the cheap chalk to burn me and tilt me uh, by Thursday afternoon, two weeks in a row. So I'll, I'll go with the field on Stanley and uh, we'll get different elsewhere. So who else do you, anybody else interest you down here? 
Uh, I already mentioned my guys. I don't have a whole lot down here. Uh, that's kind of why I like the balanced approach or Stanley and stars and scrubs approach. Uh, we did have a chat or a question from Chad about Adam Scott. Do you guys have any interest there? Sort of fits the Jason Day situation for me. Like if you know Leishman, Day, Scott, all these types of guys, you can play them at this event. Uh, especially Scott, being a former champion and solid play in general, he just hasn't. I, I always say this about Scott. The last thing I'll say, and I'll let you go, cards, is just that Scott is a guy that everyone just writes off when he's like finishing. And I know it hasn't been great, but when he's finishing like thirtieth place, people write him off. And like he only shows up at the best events, man. He's the international man of mystery. Takes his private jet shows up and it becomes 30 it's because the field's literally stacked like he can't go out and win every time even when he was playing better but yeah second 35th 31st tier you know back he's done well in this at this course so i would definitely go back to him at 7900 yeah no problem doing that uh, in tournaments and the ownership will definitely uh, definitely be low on scott this week uh I, I like scott maybe a little bit more than day if you're trying to decide between those guys but a similar logic as the guys mentioned for those so uh that's gonna about do it again another relatively short field this week with only 120 golfers so uh you know some of the chalk is liable to miss the cut this week i don't think it'll be as clean as last week's was but we saw a really high six to six percentage uh ever getting everybody through the cut last week with a 120 golfer field, you probably see something similar this week. Um, and then uh, next week we've got the Palmetto championship at Congaree golf club uh, in South Carolina. So that uh, I believe is just a new event, right? It's not a relocated or rebranded uh, tournament. I think it's just a brand new, a brand new event. So it's a Tom Fazio design uh, that was, uh, let's see, what was it built? Uh, early 2010s, it looks like. Uh, it's a one-time event replacing the RBC Canadian Open. There we go. Uh, because of the logistical issues with uh, the tour playing in Canada right now. So sorry, Tambo. Uh, but they're, they're, they're sticking stateside. So that's what we have a one-time event here, Palmetto championship at Congaree. And a lot of times you see these uh, one-off one-time things and it turns into a birdie fest. So uh, we shall see, we'll dig into that a little bit next week. Uh, and then the U S open at Torrey Pines the week after. So with an event, a one-time event in South Carolina next week, uh, followed by the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. I'd be willing to guess that next week's field is going to be absolutely awful, uh, but I uh, have not looked at any of the commitments or anything like that yet. So uh, we shall see when next week rolls around. But until then, uh, good luck with all your contests this week for the Memorial. Happy birthday to our producer, Devin. Thanks to those of you who played along in uh, the uh, Guess the Golfer game in chat. And good luck to all of you as you build your lineups for this week. For Tambo and Noto and Devin, I'm Justin. Have a great week, everybody. And we will see you back here next week. Take care.